if you are not clear with what you want to do, literally nothing will matter because you will be scattered. You will be spread so far thin. You'll be trying to manage so many things. You're going to be like pulled in so many different directions because you're like, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Just like figure out what you want to do and just like put your head down and believe that you can do it and start doing the work around that. Hello, my love. Welcome back to another episode. In case this is your first time here, my name is Taylor Ray. I am the creator of Sacred Funnels, an intuitive business coach and your host, helping you to blend spirituality and strategy to have the impact and income you are here for. Now, today I'm sitting down with a beautiful guest on the show, Ali Pintucci. Ali is a commercial photographer, agency owner, storyteller, digital influencer, and speaker. She is the founder of Agency-ish, a curated collective of talented creatives with incredible focus within each of their disciplines. With years of experience on both sides of influencer marketing, Ali shares with us why it's time to disrupt the influencer industry, what it means to be intentional as a creator and how to stand fully in your worth. There's so much in this episode I know you are going to love. So as you are listening, make sure you do screenshot your favorite parts of the episode, share them on Instagram and tag me at Official, and you can tag Ali at Ali Pintucci. Let's dive in. Just quickly though, before we get into the episode, I did want to let you know about a free guide that I have created for you if you are ready to set up sacred funnels in your business. I know what it can be like doing all of the things all of the time in your business and not having anything supporting you. And if you're feeling like that, it might be time to set up a sales funnel that's going to automate things in such an aligned way. If you want to have leads coming into your business and sales coming into your business in a way that feels good, is in flow and allows people to be working with you, investing in your programs and just coming into your world on autopilot, then I would love for you to grab my free sacred funnel blueprint. It is a 15 page guide that's going to walk you through how to map out and create your own. And you can grab it now by heading to taylorray.biz forward slash blueprint. I'll link it for you in the show notes below. You can go and grab it. And now let's get back to the episode. Darling Ali, you gorgeous soul. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on today. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) glad. And I just already, I can feel the vibe. It's going to be a good episode. And I really, one thing that, you know, is going on for you right now, it's totally unrelated to what we're going to talk about at all, but I saw on your Instagram stories that you're currently in the process of getting a tattoo removed. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Well, since I'm opening up about it. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm not the same person as like 23 year old Allie who like lived and worked in Southeast Asia and Central America and mm. thought tattoos were amazing and so cool. Um, and now I just have eight of them and I don't want any of them. None at all. So, Going to get rid of all of them? None. I mean, there's, there's definitely a hierarchy of the ones that need to go. And the first is I have a world map kind of on my thigh. <laughs> Why did I do that? It meant something at the time. No judgment to the the past. Yeah, that's got to go. So I have my first appointment next week. Oh my God. That's quite exciting. It's exciting that you're documenting it, I feel, because 
like I saw you were talking about this earlier, like not many people like talk about it. It's almost like, it's like almost no. taboo. Like you used to be like taboo to like get tattoos and now it's like, yeah. oh my God, you're getting them removed. Like nobody really shares about that. So I love that you've committed to that. Well, I think it's just such an intimidating process. The reason why it got, like, it took me so long to want to do it because I'm like, how much is it going to cost? How long is it going to take? Like I'm committing to like a year of like some botched thing on my leg essentially in order to get it to go away. So I think I would understand why people maybe don't want to like share the process. (laughs) Mm. But seriously though, like that, it speaks so to what it is that you do and how you show up online. And I really, I'm excited to talk to you about that today because, you know, you craft such a beautiful experience for those that are following and you let people into your life and, you know, you, you showcase so much of what you do day to day. So I love, I love that about you. And I really want to dive into that, you know, basically like the vulnerability and showing up online and like cultivating a relationship Mm -hmm. with your audience. You know, you have been in the world of influence, influence and marketing for quite some time. How did that all start for you? (laughs) Honestly, like most people I got on Instagram when we use the lo-fi filter. (laughs) (laughs) Polaroid banners and stuff. Yeah, so that black banner. Um, And I mean, my background actually is I I worked in the travel industry. uh, And I was in the travel industry for about eight years. So I did have a pretty cool life, you know, of people thinking I just got to be in all these amazing places all the time. And I was on a flight every two weeks. And that was true. But um, I obviously used Instagram as a way to kind of document my travel. And as social media started to pick up and grow, I started to feel, I don't want to say offended, but the comments of people saying like, oh my God, you have the best life. It really got to me because behind the scenes, I was struggling very badly with like anxiety, depression. Um, So bad to the point where like at one point I had to go on a stress leave from work, start antidepressants. Like I was having suicidal thoughts. Like just, I didn't have any tools to manage it because I really didn't understand what I was actually going through until it got really bad. Um, So influencer marketing for me was just, I was sharing all these photos, but I wanted to kind of smash that stereotype of it being the highlight reel. So it's like, yeah, maybe here I'm, I'm on top of this beautiful mountain, but the reason why I'm here is because like going outside is my meditation. And I wanted Mm. to share stories that maybe shattered that stereotype of Instagram always being a highlight reel. And at the time, you could grow your Instagram by figuring out your prime time to post and, you know, the best hashtags. (laughs) And then bam, it's like one day I woke up, I had 25,000 followers. I was like, this is kind of wild. And I just kind of, yeah, (laughs) I've recently been grown since. But um, yeah, it was kind of... um, getting in at a good time because brands weren't really using social as like part of their digital strategy. So that's how I kind of like morphed it into being my full time for doing it for brands. That's amazing. And I love like the openness that you have there and like the vulnerability, like I said earlier, where it's for you, like the biggest thing around smashing the stereotype of the highlight reel. I think that that is really powerful because, you know, I, I would love to talk a little bit about, you know, the disconnect between, and maybe it's something that you really you, you target now in the way that you show up, but maybe back then you didn't because it would have come across like, okay, like this beautiful thing. And then everybody commenting all of this stuff, like 
what is the disconnect there and sort of how obviously for you, like the navigation of it was to start showing up like, like really authentically and being like, Hey guys, like this is actually what my life is like. Let's be a bit more real about it. For those that maybe have a little bit of a struggle there or even have fear around getting started because, you know, obviously the work that's involved and maybe people having a perception or comments and things like that, that don't necessarily feel great to be receiving. What would be some of your advice there? Yeah. I mean, I would really probably focus on figuring out how you can grow your toolbox personally to manage your day-to-day a lot better before you even commit to showing up online because you're not in a stable or safe place if you can't be at peace with yourself with your thoughts i don't necessarily recommend just like diving right in where you're opening yourself up to a bit of criticism um, until you're able to handle it or like at least have that disconnect of like no this is my purpose and it doesn't matter what someone says to me because i think anyone in this you know, who puts himself out online can probably admit that it doesn't matter. Like comments hurt. (laughs) Mm. It really does. Uh, They really do. So I think the best thing to do is like, how do you expand your toolbox personally to make your day to day better? And Mm. then as anyone is with starting any business, how do you become clear on um, what you're aligned with and what your purpose is and like what your brand is? So you can kind of make sure that everything you do stays in alignment with that. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful advice. And it segues so beautifully because it is something that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, you, you curate such beautiful content and it ha- it triggers a real emotional response um, when you are experiencing it. So it's really about the experience for the person that is consuming and obviously, you know, you're partnering with brands and things like that. So really bringing that to life. What is some of the advice that you have there around curating that brand and the emotion and the embodiment of yourself in the way that you are actually showing up so that it is authentic. Yeah, it's hard. And it's something that I actually struggle with because I feel like at the beginning I was super open, but that's when I was really clear of like, I, my goal is I'm here to smash stereotypes. But if you look back, if you scroll back to the beginning of my feed, my content was so different. I actually hated being in photos. I actually didn't like taking pictures of people. I was only taking landscape photos and landscape, you know, content. And as I moved more into that luxury travel and lifestyle space, I started to get caught up. I was also getting older. So my body's changing now. The people I'm hanging around with, like that's changing. Mm -hmm. The events I'm going to is changing. And I find once you start to break into like out so much out of like travel and lifestyle, and now you're in like beauty, you're in fashion. Mm -hmm. It started to mess with my head a little bit. I felt like I needed to pivot. So I'm like, how do I... I felt like I wasn't in alignment with that original message anymore. And then I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then I'm like, this is so self-serving. Like why the, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck does anyone want to look at a selfie of me? Why? Mm. Like what, what are you guys looking at? So I just felt like I needed to pivot to say like, okay, how can I make sure I'm in alignment? So my content's not so self-serving. So going back to like the advice of what, you know, what to, give to people that are like, you need to do a branding exercise. You need to like map out what you want to talk about and what your mission and your mantra, your vision, your purpose is and map that out, how that looks in content and how that looks like in messaging Mm -hmm. and start creating from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And would you say like, you know, utilizing other like tools like Pinterest or um, other Instagram accounts, like just in order to start to get like inspiration, like what are some of the tools that they could lean on there? Yeah. So I'll kind of tie this into um, 
when I do branding exercises from some of my clients on the agency side, when someone's creating a brand and mainly like my clients who are doing social media content, it's not just like, Hey, here's my mood board for photos. Creating content and taking photos is literally the last thing that my clients are doing. The first thing they're doing is okay. Like who are you and why do you exist? And when they have that, you're like, okay, so now we have your main, your like, we have your purpose. Now, if we're going to create content pillars and speaking points, how does that show up and what does it look like? So for example, if I'm a fitness brand or I'm a fitness influencer and my mission is to educate people on how to live a better lifestyle, my content pillars might look like education. It might look like workout gear. It might look like nutrition. It might look like, you know, you would start breaking down those pillars and then you would take each of those pillars and break that out to be like, okay, that looks like text overlay. That maybe looks like a gift. That maybe looks like, you know, start breaking that down even further and then creating your shot list or your mood board by like looking to see what other people in the space are doing, but also creating something that feels authentic to you. So I think a lot of the times people think, oh, it's just about taking pretty photos and curating a feed. And yeah, for some, you know, maybe if you're a fashion blogger or for some people you're doing an outfit of the day, like that really works. But I think if people have more of a deeper purpose as to what they're creating and a mission, they're trying to fully like live out and have their content stay in alignment with it it requires some planning and some like really cool thinking to like yeah. help you create that yeah just getting really intentional about why it is that you're actually showing up online how important yeah. would you say that you know like everyone talks about this like niching down all the time but in terms of the work that you do and the brands that you work with and the businesses that you work with so that they can even scale online um, from the agency side of things like how important would you say that is like especially tying in with everything that you're talking about around the content pillars and stuff I have such a hard time answering that question because people look at my personal stuff and they're like you are not niche. <laughs> and it's like, and it's true. I, I don't have one. And I think maybe it's just because I've tried to be just a bit more personal with my feed. And, you know, I do lifestyle, I do travel, um, and I do some like commercial style content. But for on my client side, or like, if you're in the travel space, like you have a niche. If you're in the fitness space, you have a niche. And I think some people, like it is very clear to them um, that it is important. And when it is clear, it is important for them to niche down so you know who you're connecting with. But I think, and I've heard this feedback from brands and I've heard this feedback from agencies as well that manage influencers, there is a lot of value in someone who's a bit more well-rounded that's not just that fashion person or that's not just that travel person because they can incorporate multiple products, multiple things in their everyday life, which the normal person <laughs> does. Mm -hmm. And you're more relatable as a human because, you know, you kind of do it all just like everyone kind of does it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly, I like this take on it too, because there's so much advice that gets thrown around with niching. And I think it's, you are right. Like it's so different depending on what it is that you do, how you show up, what your business model is, all of those things. But what I like about what you've said is that maybe it's not the traditional look at niching, but it's still niche mm -hmm. in terms of the person that you serve. So with what you're right. saying there is like, maybe, you know, you're like, some people will be broader in terms of showing, you know, a variety of different things, but the person that they serve is really clear. So then their like ideal client or the ideal person that would have their eyes on their content. That's a particular type of person. And 
that's, you know, people know who that is because they're like, oh, you like my life. Like these are the things that I do and it's going to be super relevant to that person. So I love that you you weren't quick to jump to like, yep, yeah, definitely like hard niche down, but also even in saying like, yeah, you can be broad. There's still elements of being niche with, you know, the content pillars, your speaking points, you know, being really clear about the value that you're bringing through your content to the person that you know is watching. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, it goes back to that figuring out your why. If you don't know why you're creating, you don't know who you're creating for, you're going to kind of feel like you're spinning your tires a little bit because you don't, again, you're not intentional. You don't really know what your purpose is. Yeah, for sure. That actually links into something that we were talking about just before we hit record. And obviously that's the world of influencer marketing. And it's funny because the irony of it is like you are in it, but it's also something that you feel so compelled to disrupt. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. I struggle with it a lot and I'm trying to I'm doing my best to communicate it gracefully because my intention when having this conversation is never to offend anyone. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I come from both worlds. I'm an influencer myself by default of the number of followers I have. But at the same time, I do work. I come from an agency background. I have my own agency and I've seen influencer marketing shake up a lot of industries you know, you have brands that are no longer needing to hire uh, like videographers, photographers, stylists, like you, and then you have people coming in, like influencers coming in and are just like signing away their rights to all of this content and they don't know what to charge or maybe they don't charge anything. And there's not really like a guidebook or a standard. Cause like, like I said to you before, like what is an influencer? It's been turned into this career where you get targeted with these ads of like, do you want to be an influencer? And unfortunately it, to most people being an influencer means I get free shit and I travel for free. Yeah. And it's like, no girl or guy, you're not traveling for free because you're working. And like that work you're providing is replacing creative professional services. So Mm -hmm. it's like you're right away entering an agreement where you're not valuing your work and you're not valuing like the creative standards and the industry standards for the people like in that industry. So I get pretty heated because I'm on both sides. Like I'm a commercial photographer, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I run an agency and I'm also an influencer. So I get the contracts and I get the asks and I just feel this like fiery clash of Mm. the worlds, you know? I love it. I want to go deeper because I love the passion that comes up when you talk about this. You can feel it. And (laughs) (laughs) And like, honestly, I think that it's a really good thing to talk about because there are so many targeted ads and things. I see them all the time. Like want to be an influencer, like all these sort of things. And I know that, you know, I'm not the only one, like there's so many of us out there being targeted by that sort of messaging, but a lot of disconnect around actually what that is actually how it can be something that can be a career. And as you said, like know your worth, know your value, but also understand how to communicate that. And I would love for you to speak on that. Obviously you've been on both sides of it. So for someone who is really called to this sort of career and would love to step into doing something like that, like what, what does it look like? What should, what is a realistic expectation of what it would look like? And then also how they can communicate. So like, you know, in terms of contracts or what they should expect payment, all that sort of stuff. Like what let's, let's really go there in terms of what that should actually be like. It's a really, this is a hard, I'm going to try and like not get jumbled when I speak about this because there's an overwhelming amount of information and you can talk to any successful influencer unless you came from that world. 
like I said, there's no handbook. There's no job description. It's the weirdest, like when you look at it, it's the weirdest job in the world. <laughs> but at the same time, I think deep down at its core, people want to be an influencer because it, it's correlated with fame. Mm. I, th- I don't like, I think I would challenge anyone who disagrees with it, but I think like, unless you, your account somehow blows up and it was like unintentional and your brand has grown, that's totally different from someone like getting that targeted ad. Like we just spoke about and they're like, I want to be an influencer. And I see it cause I'm in a lot of influencer groups on Facebook with just like hundreds of posts a day being like, Hey, I have 300 followers. I need to get to 10 K. Like I'm dying to be an influencer. Mm. And they're, like I said, there's no job description. There's no, we don't know what it is. So <laughs> I think for people looking to get into it is starting to understand the industry of like, when you are promoting, let's say you get hired to do an Instagram campaign. We can, we can break that down because it's the easiest. Yeah. A brand is approaching you to A, create content for them. B, advertise for their for-profit company on your channels. And C, depending on the, the deliverables or the goals of each campaign, they're either looking for you to drive brand awareness or they're looking for you to drive sales. Mm. When you look at that without any emotion and you look at those four things, why on earth would anyone be doing that for free? <laughs> and why on earth are brands now thinking it's acceptable to ask that of people because they no longer have to hire photographers, videographers, teams to execute creating that content. Mm. So, I think it's just getting a better understanding of like, even if you have like a thousand followers, charge $150, charge something like a base for your time and figure out like, what's your hourly rate? What equipment do you need to buy? Like if anyone's starting a business and the freelancer's looking to set a rate and this happens with a lot of creatives, like ask how many photographers, what they charge for something. When you're starting out, photographers are asking each other like, oh my God, like what would you charge for doing this shoot? But I think people just need to like break it down to be like, okay, I have an hourly rate. I charge some sort of fee. I value the work that I'm doing. And then understanding the contracts to like, hey, read through those contracts because 99.9% of the time it is default that that brand is asking you, like that's no longer your photo. (laughs) So that photo can be on, when you don't have the licensing to it anymore, it can be on a billboard, it can be on a website, it can be on an ad, it's not your photo. And you've now literally gotten paid $0 for that and the brand is also not paid for it if it's an unpaid campaign. So aside from like figuring out how to set your rates, it's also a matter of figuring out, okay, how do I dissect these contracts to say, Hey, I'm, I'm happy to do this for you. These are my rates, but my rates don't actually include any licensing fees. So you're able to like repost it on your social channel with credit. But if you'd like to, um, you know, use it elsewhere, I have licensing fees. And then that's a whole other world of like, where is it being used? How big is the company? How long is it being used for? Two weeks, six months, two years? Like there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of stuff to dive into. And I feel like I, even just speaking about it right now, I'm like, I've talked about a million things and I don't know if people are still following what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they are. And the beauty of a podcast is even if they've lost it, they can go back and grab their pens and take some notes anyway. But that was great. 
Yeah, I thought that that was excellent because it's not something that get really gets spoken about a lot. I've never heard this conversation before, like in the level of honesty that you're having around all of the moving pieces, because as you say, I think a lot of the time it's really glamorized and it's like, Hey, you know, I just like want to get out there and I want to just like get paid to post and be a bit famous and great. Like, and that sounds so appealing and so easy, but I think ultimately, and you can speak to this better than I can, the reality of it as well is like, I think a lot of the time the work involved is forgotten. It's like, you think like, oh, okay, I'm just going to take like one photo, quickly pop a filter on it and post and off we go. And like, I'm not, I'm not in influence marketing, but even running a business that relies on social media as part of my brand and my messaging, the effort that goes into that, like creating the content, like even making sure that I'm, I'm not working with, like, it's my brand. Like it's not, I'm not representing other brands. So that's a whole other world. Like, let's talk about that a little bit with like the work that goes in, because I think sometimes there's just this misconception that it's like, you know, quick selfie, snap, move on, you know? Well, I think it it breaks into two at the beginning, like some influencers aren't shooting their own content. So some influencers are like even asking photographers and some of these photographers are unpaid. And then I don't know if these photographers know, but then those rights are like now getting signed away. Mm. Like having their work on ads and web and email. So one, it's like, yeah, like some influencers take their own photos. Great. And it's so, I feel like there's so many things we have to talk about. Like it's, there's so many awesome and easy ways. Now you can take your own photos. I actually prefer to take my own photos. Um, but some, yeah, like it goes down to like, who's taking your content. It goes back down to like those content pillars of like, are you taking in? (laughs) I, okay. This is the weirdest thing. When I was like super outdoor travel content, like I was literally like hiking mountains like three times a week. Some company was like, hey, would you post about this like vaginal like thing? And I'm like, what? And it was 2,500 bucks. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like go to the top of the mountain and like hold up this like vaginal gel or like whatever it was. It was for some like sex sex toy company or something and, but <laughs> I'm you're having sex on the top of a mountain you want to use I mean, vaginal lube. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like you it goes back to when you're selecting campaigns it's like is that in alignment with the brands or with your branding that you set out with your mission your purpose and then who's shooting your content and then how does it work with your content calendar and then going into like curating your feed to make sure it fits in and then also like the back and forths of like submitting a photo to a brand like a brand should be providing you with a concept a mood board you go back and say i'm gonna do this here's my idea they approve some brands don't do that and then they'll go back and be like can you reshoot can you reshoot and you're like no, I can't reshoot. And like a lot of brands won't pay you to reshoot. So there's like, I think there's a lot of things that go into like understanding the work process where it's not as simple sometimes as just taking a photo and posting it. If you are looking to be like that organized creator, it's like, it's not just about taking a quick photo and throwing it up on your feed. Mm -hmm. And some people I think are going into the influencer space thinking like, oh, I just want like free lipstick or I just want free clothes. And that is a, that is a goal for a lot of people looking to enter the space. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but 
I think people need to be more intentional with their actions. And I think brands need to not take advantage of that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love that the keyword that just keeps coming up through this whole conversation is intentional. I think that it's so powerful having this conversation so that anyone that is either already in influencer marketing and they've just like sort of gotten started or they're wanting to get into it, they're kind of armed with a bit of a better understanding of like, okay, going in, this is what I need to expect. And, you know, these are the standards that I can set for myself and this is how to understand my worth and my value and how to not be taken advantage of like all of those things are really really powerful um and i think as well like it really speaks to you know how you said before obviously with the vaginal cream and all that sort of stuff like you know not just saying yes to every single opportunity that comes along like really feeling into and we talk a lot about the spiritual side on this podcast as well like linked in with the strategy but really feeling in you know does it feel in alignment for you like really tapping into that for yourself and i think a big thing as well like tapping into the abundance mindset side of things is reminding yourself that if it doesn't feel in alignment, there is always going to be more, like more is always on its way, like not operating from that place of scarcity. Like, well, fuck, I just have to say yes to this because, oh my God, like if I don't say yes, like I'm saying no to money and it's like, no, no, like there's always going to be more that's coming to you. And when, I think when you truly stand in your power and you are really confident in that, and again, intentional, you're going to have opportunities coming to you left, right and center. Would you agree? I agree. And it's something I haven't mastered that, but I've learned a lot of lessons for it from it. And (laughs) I feel like I'm the type of person that has to go through these like catastrophic events in my life before she like gets what she wants. And I'm like, how many times do you have to go through that lesson, Allie, to -hmm. just realize like when you say no to something that's when, first of all, when you get out of the scarcity mindset and start saying no, you're only making room for something better. And I don't think anyone gets that until they've started to tap into more of a personal practice. Because if you would have spoken to me two years ago, any of my friends like pulled cards, spoke about (laughs) abundance, spoke about manifesting, I would be like, shut up, you weirdos. Okay, (laughs) It's like, what What is wrong with you? And I then started working with an intuitive business coach. And Mm. Then I started like actually learning into like, holy shit, I'm actually crazy intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I really am. And also then learning that everyone's actually intuitive. It's just some people choose to learn how to figure out how to work their magic and some people don't. Mm -hmm. But really, I found that the more I was outside, like it's hard, especially when you're an entrepreneur everyone can understand what it's like being in that scarcity mindset. Mm. And that's the most debilitating to be honest, because now you're making moves out of scarcity. Like, fuck, I really need that money. Mm -hmm. But those contracts are always the ones that bite you in the ass. So it's like, you can learn to, Hey, did my body just tense? Did my stomach just do something weird? Like, am I hesitating? Like, there's that like really common saying, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so like cheesy, but it's true. And the more I've learned to like understand those weird feelings in my body where it's like, uh, like (laughs) no is the most, one of the most powerful words in my vocabulary these days. Mm. And then what happens? More comes in and it's more money. It's better quality clients. It's things that actually like light me the fuck up, like things that I actually want to do and not, you know, oh, like I can't believe I'm doing this, this thing. Mm. Uh, yeah and your the resentment you know yeah and the 
I'm the queen of resentment. So just to let you guys know, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm not being preachy. I'm, I'm walking you through my thought process of daily reminders. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, because I have to give myself pep talks daily, and like my close girlfriends get calls from me daily to be like, "Okay, let's go." Like you're not going back to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, honestly, I think that it's great, and I seriously, I'm such a believer in sharing our own experiences and the lessons that we go through and what we're learning, even if we're going through it. You know, sometimes like the the best lessons that I share, like on Instagram story, it's like that's literally just happened. I've literally just like moved through that, or something massive has happened. I'm like, okay, I need to share this. Like, and I think that you know for those listening, like it's really powerful to hear, like, obviously you're very established in the work that you do and you still have these moments. Like you have these moments of fear or scarcity mindset or things like that that come up. But now the difference is like, you understand it, like you have tools to work through it and you, you know how to have that, you know, that internal talk in order to move through and make room for something better. So to hear that, you know, you're going through things like that still, it just, I think for a lot of people, people think, especially when they get started, like, Oh, like one day, like when I get to like Ali's level, like I won't feel like that anymore. And it's like, hmm, you'll feel like that just at different levels. Like that, like for anything. What I don't know is that like the confidence you're seeing in my work now is less than three months old, less than six months old. Like it's, I actually, until like this, like this month, probably maybe last month is the first time that I was like, wow, my photos are amazing. Mm. Before that, I was too afraid to charge photos. I didn't think they were good. And I lived, I'm like, when I tell you I'm the queen of scarcity mindset, like that was me for a very long time. But it actually, I think I am a good example for people to look at, to be like, when I feel like, yes, this is how I'm showing up. This is how much I cost to work with. These are my rates. This mm -hmm. is my work. I'm in my power. I'm doing things that like me, light me up. I'm confident that shows up in my work. And then what does it attract? course it does high level that, of the yeah. same or better mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people just have to go through shit before it clicks one day where just like yeah that makes sense and that doesn't mean that it's easy every day but at least you're you know cracking that code of like okay that's right reminder like no go back to what I know is going to work for me Mm, so good. Love, love, love that. It's this or better, honestly. And I think that that's a mantra. No matter, no matter what like industry you are in, I lean into that all the time. It's this or better. It's this or better. It's this or better. Like just aligning you yourself. With dating. That. Oh my yeah. God. I've been yeah. single as fuck for the last two years because mm. I did a, a program called the year of love and you had to apply for it. And you did 52 modules, 52 coaching calls, 52 assignments. And you really like sat with your shit for a year, but also grew. And it's like with everything in my life, it helped me in my business. It helped me with self. It helped me with relationships. It helped me with friends, but everything that like that, that it's this or better translate, like translate to everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very, you need to be very select, like selective of not only your clients, but like your close circle with what you consume and like, you know, the energy that's around you all the time. Cause it really does affect me. And then that starts affecting my work. Oh my God. Totally. Like everything is energy a hundred percent. So then anything that you are consuming, surrounding yourself with all that sort of things, like you said, like that then has an energetic impact on you, which then energetically impacts what it is that you're calling in. And it's funny mm -hmm. because 
we, you know, if you let yourself go down that spiral and we're like, why is nothing working out for me? And you know, why am I not getting any like collaborate chats or all this? Why is it like, why do I feel like I have no money? Like all that sort of stuff. We start to tell ourselves like these stories over and over again. And we just create more of it because what you focus on, you create. So then, yeah, sorry. I cut you off there. No, that's okay. Go for it. I was going to say, I had to stop saying COVID was really bad for me. I like lost 99.9% of my business. Like Mm -hmm. it was bad. And I turned that into a story. Like, did that happen? Yes. But I literally said to myself a week ago, I'm like, I have to stop saying I lost my whole business to COVID because it's going to be blocking me from like getting more clients because I'm still in that mindset if I don't have my business. And it's like, forget the fact that like, oh, I launched agency-ish out of COVID. Mm-hmm. I like have done a huge pivot like from that loss, but I'm a, like, I manifest every bad thing into my life. It's insane. <laughs> we manifest everything. Yeah. It's so a good, bad, whatever. Like you're creating it a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And I think that awareness, like just being like, okay, cool. Like, how can I rewrite this? Like, is this ultimately true? Or is this just a story that I'm telling myself? And like, for you, like having that realization that oh my God, like, this is just a story. Like I'm totally writing off the pivot that I've made and I'm totally writing off the agency, like, and really understanding like, okay, wait, if I like step into celebrating those things and step into a line with like, I'm so fucking abundant. Like I've just launched so many beautiful things out of COVID. Like, oh my God, I'm fucking thriving. Like when you said energy, you call in so much more, like, because you, you align vibrationally with all of it. And then it's like, okay, opportunity, 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 like all the things. I was working with a a social, like an influencer marketing agency, like, like a management team, because I wanted to focus like all my stuff on like my actual business and then just have someone kind of like outbound pitching me. And it was probably one of the worst experiences I've ever had, not not ever, but it's one of the worst experiences I've had in my business for a while. Mm -hmm. And the perfect example of scarcity of like, well, if I let them go, then like, I'm not going to get the campaigns and like, and I was like, they're not fucking booking you anything. Like close the door because people book you and you're going to get those campaigns. And then I let them go. And then it's like, who's booked six campaigns in the last month? Hey, oh, it's just, just, it is crazy. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) No, I know. And I'm the same as you, like go back a few years, like before I went through this whole big thing that really opened my eyes to the power of manifesting, but like a full on breakdown. But I was you like a few years ago, how you were saying like a couple of years back, if people were saying all this sort of stuff to me, I would have been like, okay. Like I had so (laughs) much hesitancy around it as well. And then obviously went through, I went through and all the stuff, but it is funny that like, once you start to recognize it and you start to see the little things lining up and you start to go, okay, look, what the fuck? I've got nothing to lose. Like may as well just give it a go. Let's see what I can align with. Let's see if I can do this manifesting thing. And we just dip our toe in just a tiny little bit. And then, oh my God, like you start calling stuff in and it gives you more and more confidence in the power of manifesting. And then ultimately like you stand more in your power. And when you stand more in your power, you call in more, you know? So Yeah, I think honestly, like it is just so powerful and it really is about what you said where it's, you know, how can you recognize those boundaries for yourself? How can you get rid of things that don't serve you? How can you recognize when something's bad for you and release it to make room for something else, you know, and step into that full-blown abundance mindset in whatever you're doing, whether it's like your industry with influence marketing, whether you're starting a business, whether you want to step into a side hustle, like whatever it is, affirm it to yourself that like everything that you're doing is you're so worthy. You're so, so worthy of like the impact, the income, like everything, everything. everything. 
And literally all of that summarizes like everything we said and going back to like your purpose. If you are not clear with what you want to do, literally nothing will matter because you will be scattered. You will be spread so far thin. You'll be trying to manage so many things. You're going to be like pulled in so many different directions because you're like, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Just like figure out what you want to do and just like put your head down and believe that you can do it and start doing the work around that. Yeah. So good. Oh my God. So many beautiful takeaways inside of this. I've loved this conversation so much and I love the direction that we've gone with the beautiful manifesting. It's so, so juicy and like abundant. Like I just could talk about this till I die, Uh, which is why I have a podcast where I talk about it all the time. But um, (laughs) I really did want to touch on just going back a little bit to, you know, the tangible side of things when it comes to, obviously, you know, you run agency-ish, which best name. I love that so much. Where did that come from, by the way? (laughs) actually I I was having just after I quit my job I was having lunch with a really good friend of mine and he's one of the most talented creatives like I like I've ever met my entire life and we were kind of just jamming on this concept of like what if we had like we started an agency kind of but instead of just like having people we just had this collective of we know the best creatives so why couldn't we just bring them on depending Mm -hmm. on the projects you know, we got, and he's like, you're so good at pitching and all this. And it actually just sat there forever. And then we worked together this year on a couple of projects. And then he went ahead to start his own like digital and branding agency. And then I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting it. And agency-ish was the first thing that popped into my head. And I was like, I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything else. Cause it's like, we are an agency, but I don't want full-time staff. I don't want an office. I want to just be able to pull the best of the best for projects that like they're literally so like made for. Mm. And that's how agency-ish was born. So, so far it's me just doing everything, but Mm. I've started now opening the collective for people to apply. Mm -hmm. And I just periodically go through the inbox and start shortlisting people. So what I do is if I see someone that I really like their style, I put them into a folder. So like designers, web developers, photographers, um, copywriters, like literally you name it, I shortlist them into folders. So that way when an inbound project comes in, I can now stay in my power of taking photos and creative direction. But now I can choose like, oh yeah, this person has the best style for that brand. And then I can just be like, yep, here are your rates and just give them their rates and now take on more projects instead of like giving away all the business because I just didn't have the capacity to do it. That's, that is incredible. Props to you for doing that. I think that that's an, it's an amazing concept. I love it. And I love the fact that, you know, you have so much experience on both sides and now to be connecting like creators and brands and all of that beautiful stuff together is so cool. Like, I think that that's amazing. And I love the organizational piece. I'm like, I'm so type A. So I love that you're like, yeah, I've got all the folders for like this, that, and the other, like so organized. Um, but yeah, that honestly is so exciting. So for those that want to find out a little bit more information about that. So do you represent, you know, uh, influencers who want to pair with brands or do you represent the brands? Like, how does that work? So mainly the brands are coming to me. And I'm more on the creative side. So these are people like, hey, I need to start a brand. I need someone to do my branding. I need someone to take my photos, manage my social, help me design something. I need a designer. Um, So the projects that come in are 
there's a pretty large spectrum of them. So I'm basically looking to hire um, really outstanding, like top-notch freelance creatives that like live in that realm. And then I have started building a database for influencers where they can literally just like fill out a form and then they'll just go in and I sort based on location, niche and, um, and following. And so that way when brands, if, if a brand's like, Hey, I do want to add an influencer marketing campaign on, I can say like, yes, I have X amount of people that I can recommend to it and do that. Yeah, Love I think this concept. In that foundational process of building to when things come up, I'll just have it prepared. But yeah. What a beautiful thing to be starting. I have a big feeling for you. I feel like this is just going to be absolutely massive. And I love this like beginning stage where like the seeds are being planted and all the things are happening. And it's sometimes like, especially when you're getting started on a new like avenue of what it is that you do, it can feel a little bit messy because you're like, okay, well, I didn't even know that that was needed, but I'm just going to create that. And then, okay, cool. Now I've got this asset that's really handy. And I think I love that we're talking about this a little bit because it's, it is really powerful for people getting started in anything. Get messy. Like don't expect to have it all planned out before you start, you know, have you found that that's kind of been the experience for you? Yes and no, because I think I've been doing it. I've been running my business for two years now. It just got to the point where I was getting so much like inquiries inbound, but it was like half of it, to be honest, I got to that point where I'm like, that does not light me up. So I know if I take this, I'm going to feel anger and resentment. A client would literally just text me like, Hey, and I'd be like, Oh, like, <laughs> they did nothing wrong. But I started to realize I'm like, that's no one's shit, but your own, you're just projecting your own stuff mm. because you're not doing something that you want to do. I think some people think like, Oh, like I don't want to work for someone else. I just want to work for myself. It doesn't change if your behavior doesn't change as to like who you work with. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the pivot for me where I was taking on this inbound work and I either a just straight up didn't want to do the project um, or didn't have the capacity to do it because I'm literally a one woman show. And I was just handing out jobs like candy. I'm like, yep, talk to that person, talk to this person, talk to this person. I was like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Find the freelancers, white label them, charge your fee, do take on the project. And then I stay in my power of like, my power is content and creative direction. Mm. And then I can just let everyone else do their stuff and hire people that are better than me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't be this half-assed thing who's like, okay, at a bunch of things. Like, why can't I just do the one thing that I'm good at and then hire someone to do the one thing that they're amazing at? And that's how you start to get, produce really, really great work. Mm, so good beautiful lesson in that for everyone too is the power of staying in your zone of genius and knowing what you're good at and then letting go of the rest which first I put my hand up and say like (laughs) it's taken me time to learn that lesson myself like and the more and more and more I honor that the more abundant things get and the more beautiful things get and the more people find it and everything good because you're owning, again, you're owning your power. You're being intentional about what it is that you're doing, which I feel like is the underlying theme for this entire conversation. <sighs> so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> One question that I love to finish up with just to wrap up is if there's something on your heart, it can be something that we've spoken about a little bit and you just want to like really drive it home or it could be something totally irrelevant. Mm. If there's something coming through right now that you just feel called to leave our listeners with, what would it be? 
Yeah, I think I still have a heavy heart around the topic of like trying to express my my frustration with the influencer marketing industry. And like I said, before I started expressing my thoughts, I never wanted to be like, oh, I hate influencers or oh, I hate that brands do this. I think it's just, I want people to be, go back to the word intentional, more intentional with like why they're doing things and what value they're they're trying to get from themselves and like from the person they're engaging with and take the time to really understand. Like, that's what I want to say. Like take the time to understand what you want and why you're doing it. Mm, Beautiful. And as we do that, let's figure out how we clean up this influencer industry and have more standards on both sides. Cause it's not just the brands that are annoying for doing these asks. They they're flooded with asks from hundreds and thousands of people a day asking for free things. So Mm. it's a two way street. Yeah. 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 Make that commitment together. Oh, amazing. Beautiful way to finish. Thank you, love. Um, For those that want to connect with you further, please tell them where they can find you online, all the places. Yeah, they can. I mean, Instagram is the best place to go, which is Ali Pintucci. And then um, you'll have like a link to links to all of like agency ish. You'll have a link to my site and all the ways we can connect. Um, and if you're a freelancer looking to join the collective, I definitely encourage you to, to fill out that form so you can literally be living anywhere. So that's great. Beautiful. I love it. We'll link everything in the show notes as well. So it's super easy for people to go and connect with you. But thank you, my love. This has been such a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on to share your light with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, love, for joining me for this episode. I so hope you enjoyed it and got so much out of it. If you did enjoy the episode and you love the podcast, please do go and leave a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of it. And it helps us so much to reach more people who need to hear these messages. If you want to find out more about working with me, free resources and things that are going to help you when it comes to scaling out your impact and your income, definitely make sure you come and follow me over on Instagram at TayRayOfficial and check out my website, TaylorRay au for a whole bunch of resources that will help you on your journey. Sending you love and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.